Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Alex Housen, and this is Write Medicine, a weekly podcast that explores best practices in creating content that connects with and educates health professionals. I'm a former nurse and an academic who spent the last 16 years as an independent medical writer and researcher, creating and evaluating education content for health professionals. If your work involves planning, designing, delivering or evaluating education for health professionals, this podcast is for you. This episode of Write Medicine is brought to you by Write CME Pro, a membership-driven community that provides skills, scaffolding and support for medical writers who want to create CME content with confidence. Write CME Pro gives you access to expert perspectives to help you build your CME writing skills, a portfolio accelerator to hold space so that you can create stunning samples to show your prospects, group coaching to help you build foundational and expert knowledge in CME, and more. Write CME Pro is a community for people like you who are ready to grow their CME writing niche, or niche, if that's how you say it. See the show notes for more details. In this episode of Write Medicine, the tables are turned, as I'm interviewed by guest host Holly Hagen. And early in May 2023, I'll be interviewing Holly about her expertise in medical marketing and copywriting. In today's episode, we talk about my personal journey into CME writing how I've integrated my previous experience and interests into my work, some key learnings when it comes to running my own business, especially for me, a public sector gal through and through, and I share some recommendations for academics or health professionals who want to explore a career in CME writing. Join us. Let's jump in. Hello and welcome to the Write Medicine podcast. I'm your guest host today, Holly Hagen. And I'll be interviewing Dr. Alex Housen, nurse, academic, writer, researcher, podcast host, and business owner. Welcome, Alex. How are you? I'm good, Holly. Thank you for such a nice introduction. It's good to be here. And good to talk to you again. Yeah, yeah. It's great to talk to you again. And now the roles are reversed <laughs> somewhat. I thought that this would be a great opportunity for your listeners to get to know a bit about you and to have you on the other side of the microphone, so to speak. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. So I was wondering if you could tell us about your career path so far and particularly what led you to medical writing and CME. Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, I trained as a nurse about 100 years ago in Scotland. And I did postgraduate training as an operating room nurse. And then I worked as a trauma OR nurse in a regional trauma center for several years before moving into academia, where I worked at the universities of Edinburgh and Aberdeen for about a decade. We left Scotland in 2004 to move to the States as a family. And at that time, I had a visiting scholarship at UC Berkeley for uh, a year to finish a book. But I didn't really, I didn't really network very much. I had actually finished writing the book when I got to Berkeley. And so I didn't really spend very much time there networking and taking advantage of all the resources there. And in retrospect, I realized that I was ready to leave academia. 
when we moved to the States in 2004, I did look for some academic jobs, but I didn't really have my heart in it. And at some point in 2005, I started to think I could really use the skills that I have to find work outside of academic context. So that's what I did. I kind of did an inventory of my skills, which were really writing and research. I'm a trained qualitative researcher, which was really my research focus when I was in academia. And I had subject matter expertise in both education and healthcare. So I started to look for ways to kind of parlay those skills and that expertise into work rather than jobs. I kind of approached that old school. We're talking about the early 2000s. And so I got out the yellow pages and started looking for organizations in my local context, my local area that might have an education or healthcare focus and called them up, had conversations with people, sometimes actually knocked on doors because they were very local to figure out if there was some way that I could support their work with either writing or research. And I started to get little jobs here and there with that process. In about 2007, I think, I had also started using the internet to find opportunities. And that's when I discovered medical writing, this thing called medical writing. I didn't really know what that was. When I started looking for jobs in medical writing, a lot of them were regulatory, which of course hasn't really changed when you start job hunting for, for medical writing jobs. But I discovered AMWA, the American Medical Writers Association and went to my first conference in about 2007. And that's when I became more aware that there was this thing called medical writing, there were different facets to it, and it was something that attracted me. And then in 2008, I think, I attended a workshop hosted by Eve Wilson at the AMWA conference on CME, Continuing Medical Education. And that was a kind of light bulb moment, because I realized not only was CME focused on education in healthcare, but it was going to be an area that would allow me to use writing research and my subject matter expertise. So I kind of found my way into CME around about 2008 and haven't really, haven't really looked back. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. And I think it's so amazing that you've been able to find this that integrates all of these different facets of your interests and experience. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a sweet spot. When people talk about finding medical writing in general, and CME in particular, and, and I'm sure you're aware of this, and maybe this is part of your narrative as well, you know, there's that idea that you find it accidentally, you fall into it, you know, nobody grows up wanting to be a CME writer, et cetera, et cetera. I don't actually think there's, I'm not so sure about the accidental part. I think there are threads that are part of who you are and that, that you follow in your life and that they pull you in certain directions. And so I don't really see my kind of entry or arrival into the CME world as, as an accident at all. I think it was, I think it's part of you know, I ended up there because those are the things that I'm interested in. I'm interested in education. I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn. That is the core thread that pulls me through life. And so it's not surprising that CME is a kind of sweet spot for me. Yeah, yeah. So that experience really led you down a path to medical writing. Absolutely. You might not have known it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Could you tell us what it was like for you when you first started in medical writing and what support, if any, did you have? Oh, sure. So I would say in those early days, I was very isolated. First of all, I didn't, I had found medical writing, but I didn't really have a clear sense of what medical writing was about. And those first few conferences that I went to at the American Medical Writers Association, it did seem to be an organization that was dominated by regulatory writers. You know, I think that is the predominant grouping within AMWA. And I certainly didn't, I knew nothing about regulatory. I didn't see myself as having anything in common with regulatory writers. And I wasn't really sure what I was doing yet. I was dabbling in this new world of medical writing and CME writing, but I didn't have a clear identity as a CME writer. So this is still in the kind of early years of, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, of certainly the first decade of the 2000s. And I think the other thing that happens when, and I still see this a lot in people who are moving from academia or clinical work or research into medical writing, there's also a loss of identity that comes with moving from one professional context or a hat that you're wearing into another. So in those early years, I felt pretty isolated. I didn't really know who I was or what I was doing professionally. I was doing it. I was doing the work, but hadn't really kind of taken on that mantle of yeah, I'm a CME writer. Around about, I want to say 2010, I joined the local chapter of the American Medical Writers Association here in Washington, where we moved after we lived in California for a few years and connected with some really supportive and caring individuals, people like Genevieve Walker, who's an expert in patient education, Anita Misra Press, who was a past president of the local chapter. And they really helped me to see that, or to see more clearly what being a medical writer could look like in the continuing medical education field and helped me to see a kind of path forward that wasn't regulatory or some other kind of medical writing. They gave legitimacy to what I was doing. They were very supportive, pointed me in the direction of you know, various resources and courses that might be helpful that kind of thing. And just having that connection with other professional writers was incredibly helpful. It it definitely helps you to feel not quite as isolated. So that was a kind of a kind of turning point, I suppose. Another turning point was when I joined the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions, which is one of the main organizations pulling together all the stakeholders in the continuing medical education field. I've been going annually to their conference since probably since 2009, 2010. And that's a great place for a CME writer to be because you're exposed to new learning, not only through the annual conference, but through you know offerings throughout the year. And it's also a great place to meet your client market and to really network and learn deeply about their pain points and what you can do as a writer to support what education providers are doing. So in the early years, yeah, definitely isolated, but through some key meetings and joining the Alliance in particular, I certainly began to feel more connected to and part of the CME community. Yeah, yeah. I think a number of writers 
could probably resonate with what you said about the supportive nature of fellow medical writers, but it's almost like it's that first step of finding them first. But then once yeah. you found them, they can really be a support system for you. Absolutely. And there's different ways to be supportive as a medical writer and to receive support from your peers and colleagues. You know, some of that is the kind of on the spot. I have a challenge right here, right now. I need to talk to someone about this. And as you build out your network and develop friendships, you have more people that you can call on who will, who will provide that kind of support. In the early days, that's certainly helpful, uh, hard because you don't want to kind of land a big question in the lap of someone you hardly know. So you do need to do the work in cultivating relationships and connections with other people. And that's about, you know, sharing and caring, offering your support in the first instance. And then that puts you in a better position to be able to, to ask for and, and receive support. But certainly joining organizations is the first step towards developing deeper connections with people. Right, right. Joining those organizations and, and putting yourself out there into them. Yeah, absolutely. And there's different ways of putting yourself out there. You know, volunteering is hugely helpful because then you can really support the organization and be seen as someone who supports the organization. And then, you know, people will see you as somebody who is giving, not just receiving. Oh, excellent point. For sure. How do you integrate your previous experience and interests into your current work? And why is that important to you? Yeah, that's such a great question. So I think I've already said I, I, I love learning. It's the core thread that has pulled me through life. I see myself as a, as a lifelong learner. I see myself as a, a connector of information and an information synthesizer. I love to think about ideas and, and kind of pull ideas and connect ideas together. And I think both education and health care are areas that really require that investment in learning. Of course, there are lots of areas in professional life that do, but both education and certainly healthcare moves pretty quickly. So you're, you're always learning something, something new. That's certainly learning is what drew me to nursing and to higher education. When I left school, high school, I wanted to be doing something where I was always learning. And that's what drew me to nursing in the first place. And of course, that's built into the job description in higher education. And so when I found CME, it seemed like a place where these two threads, or three thre threads, I suppose, learning and education and healthcare really connect. There's a lovely poem, I think it's called The Way It Is by William Stafford. And it talks about this idea of threads, that we're all following some kind of thread. And it, sometimes it's pulling you, and sometimes you are pulling yourself along this thread. You know, I, I, I talked about this at the beginning of our conversation. I think that's what has pulled me forward. Learning, education, healthcare. Those two kind of settings are interesting because, well, I suppose what's at the core of education and healthcare are, are learning, but also care. You know, care for yourself and care for other people. And those threads also pulled me into teaching yoga. I'm a registered yoga teacher. And I try to integrate that into my current work, which is in professional development and helping medical writers 
find ways to kind of care for themselves and care for their bodies and minds in order to create a sustainable sustainable writing niche. So I suppose what I'm saying there, what does that integration look like? Learning is at the core of who I am and what I do. Learning is very much part of continuing medical education and that whole kind of professional enterprise. And now that I am, you know, teaching and training other writers, that thread of of learning and the thread of care as well are really core to to what I'm doing. Yeah, that that's great. And especially the last part you mentioned at the end about care is because I was thinking the same thing as as a nurse, you would be caring for your patients as a teacher instructor, you're caring for the students in a sense of their education. And then again, you're supporting as a yoga instructor, writers in caring for themselves. So that's really beautiful. Yeah, that's a really succinct summary. Thank you for that. And that speaks very much to your expertise as as a marketing writer, really being able to kind of pull together um, disparate pieces and lock them into a, a nugget or a peril. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for that. Well, now let's get into into this podcast, because I mean, you're on your third season, I believe, of Write Medicine. Well, third year and fifth fifth season. Yeah, the seasons are a little bit... Uh, yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to the seasons, but that's another conversation. <laughs> but yeah, we're in our third year now. Wow. And and that's just amazing. And I think that your podcast was a much needed addition into the space in terms of oh, uh, the topic matter and the guests that you have on. What motivated you to start your podcast? Well, so I think I think I've probably been having I think in the back of my mind, I'd had this idea that it would be really fun and interesting to to do a podcast, but I didn't I didn't really know <laughs> what I would do a podcast on. And then and then of course the pandemic hit. And probably around about May, June of 2020, I began to think that a podcast would be a really great way to keep people connected. Because I think around May or June, you know, after that first kind of lockdown and then a sense that, oh, maybe the world might open up again and then, you know, everything sort of really really closed down. I was really thinking, how, how can I stay connected? Uh, maybe a podcast is a, is a good way to help me stay connected, but also to connect other people in my space, in the continuing medical education space. So I started to record some interviews with colleagues and peers in the summer of 2020. And the first episode aired early in 2021. And we've been bi-weekly since then, although at the beginning of 2023, we've moved to a weekly schedule. So it's been really interesting to see the podcast grow, both in terms of listening numbers, that's a kind of cumulative effect. Uh, It's interesting to see those numbers track up and also grow in terms of connection. I'm connected to way more people than I was, you know, this time in 2020. Other people are connecting through the podcast. I've had listeners tell me that they have connected with new clients, new clients heard about them and the work that they do through the podcast. And people have also been able to connect with their peers and learn about the work that they're doing. Often there's not a lot of opportunity to, you know, hear what Polly Hagen is doing in the world of 
you know, medical marketing writing and, and copywriting. And people connect with new ideas. So they're getting information about ideas that their peers and colleagues and also people that they don't know are putting out there into the world and testing and trying and, and working with. And so that is encouraging and helps to build confidence among people. If you're, if you're a listener and you've been thinking about exploring some kind of idea in the world of continuing medical education, and you hear that somebody else has done it, you're more likely to take that first step and just push it out there into the world. So the podcast has grown, it continues to grow, and I'm really excited about where it might be heading. Yeah, that's amazing. And I like what you said about you started the podcast for connection, mm -hmm. and then you end up becoming a connector of <laughs> other people, you know, finding business, growing your own network and those sorts of things. Yeah, that, that's a really, a really nice summary. I, I like the connection part of it. That is really, really important to me. Actually, my word for 2023 is abundance. And I don't know if you can see my, my board behind me, but my, my equation is curiosity plus connection equals abundance. And so it's interesting to see the role that the podcast is playing in connection. And so I want to do everything that I can do to keep pushing that forward because we need connection in this world, not just in a transactional way, but in a way that, you know, helps us grow and develop as people as well as professionals. Yeah. Wonderful. So I'll ask you this one. What is one of your most memorable Right Medicine podcast episodes and why? Well, you know, I'm going to say I love all the episodes, uh, including the one that, that we recorded. The podcast is a really great opportunity for me to have conversations with people that I'm interested in. And so I really do enjoy all, all the episodes. It's like asking you who your favorite child is. That said, I did recently talk to Jay Baruch, who is an emergency room physician in Rhode Island, and he's also a writer. And last year, he published a book called The Tornado of Life. And I really enjoyed the conversation we had first because we had some scheduling issues. So it was really hard to get him onto the calendar. He, well, he's, an, he's an ER doc, so he's super busy. Second, we had some tech issues. So, you know, we got a scheduled call and then we couldn't actually make it happen because uh, the technology gods were warring against us. And so third, when we did actually get to a point where we were able to have a conversation together, you know, I was really relieved. But I loved the conversation because he is a writer. He writes about uncertainty in medicine. He writes about the messiness of healthcare and the challenges that health professionals face every single day and how they navigate those challenges. And I, I think it's really important for those of us who work on the periphery of healthcare as medical writers to be really clear about just how difficult it is to be a health professional. Obviously, the pandemic really exposed a lot of fault lines in that respect. But, you know, healthcare, working, working as a health professional has always been difficult. And I love anything that brings out into the open just how challenging that work it can be and how much of themselves as people, their emotional energy, their commitment to care, 
how much of that health professionals bring to their work every day. So I enjoyed the conversation because we talked about the experience of writing the book. We talked about the ways that writing helps us figure out who we are and what we feel. And we talked about the experiences that actually led to writing the book in the first place. So I guess that's another, maybe we want to call that a thread too, the way that writing is really a special tool that you can use in your personal as well as your professional life to uncover and reveal, you know, the things that are going on for you at at any given sort of moment in time. So that was a pretty special conversation. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. I'm looking forward to listening to that episode. Thank you. As an entrepreneur, what are some of your biggest learnings or takeaways when it comes to running a business for yourself? Yeah, questions about, you know, business questions are often the hardest questions for me to answer because I'm a public sector gal through and through. You know, I trained as a nurse in Scotland in the National Health Service. I was an academic in higher education in Scotland, again, again publicly funded part of the public sector. And so I, I didn't really, I didn't have any business background that I brought into the work that I've been doing since, since 2007. I did have something of an epiphany around about 2008 when I realized that it was going to be really important for me to see myself not necessarily as a freelance writer, but as an owner of a freelance business. And I think Jonathan Agnew talked about this recently on a podcast episode. And for me, it certainly resonated. It really rang true because that helped me to start thinking about my business in terms of revenue versus income. You know, when you are a business owner, you have to pull in a reasonable amount of money to help you pay not only your own salary, your owner's draw, but also the kind of overheads involved in in running a business. And you can keep those overheads pretty low as a writer, but sometimes, you know, you need to invest some serious cash in software or hardware, travel, professional development training, those kinds of, of things. So that mindset shift was important and helped me to see what I was doing as, as running a business versus just getting freelance gigs. And actually, I'm going to rewind there and say, take that just out of the sentence, because I never like to use the word just. It's such a diminishing word, and I definitely don't mean it that way. But having that shift from seeing myself as a freelance writer to a business owner was really important for me and helped me to think differently about the work that I was doing and the fact that I was running a business. And I think that mind shift, mindset shift also helped me to position myself with more confidence in the CME writing world, because it helped me to also clarify my message and get clear about the kinds of clients that I wanted to work with and the the kind of projects that I wanted to work on. I think in the early days of being a freelance writer, I still use that term, it's easy to think and feel that clients hold all the cards, that they set the agenda, they set the terms, they know what they want, 
they have their expectations and anticipations, uh, anticipated outcomes for any given project. And while all of that may be true to some extent, I think what changed for me over the years was that I began to say, see that I get to set the agenda too. I can bring a vision, I can bring clarity to a project, and I can ask questions that help the client see the project you know, with a little more clarity. So that mindset shift was one of the kind of biggest takeaways. And then the other part that that fed into was messaging, helping me to get really clear about who I wanted to support, who I wanted to serve, the kind of projects that I wanted to work on, and to be able to say no, or to ask better questions to help me really figure out whether, you know, I wanted to work with a particular client or, you know, a particular project or project. Type. And I think my experience has been that if you do the work to clarify for yourself your purpose and your goals, there are always edu- opportunities to educate clients and to bring them along with you in terms of best practices and effective ways of doing things in ways that work for the way you want to do business. So it's always a conversation. It's always a negotiation. And I think early on, I didn't really see that that, that was an option. Yeah, it's like you became a partner with the client on the project instead of a different version of an employee. You were working with them. Yeah, I love that you use that word partner because I think one of the things over the years that I've really tried to do is to position myself as as a partner. That's not always easy. It does take a lot of, you know, consistent education and conversation with clients. And there are some clients who are never going to get there. They're always going to see you as, I love the way you said that, you know, a different version of an employee. And then maybe at some point you decide for yourself that that is not the kind of client that you want to work with if they are not able to or refuse to see you as a partner. I do think for writers that can be really challenging sometimes to kind of push that message across. And especially in some areas where, you know, writers are pretty invisible. They're kind of a hidden labor. And so there's a lot of excavating work to be done there. And hopefully the podcast is part of that to showcase the breadth and the depth of value that writers bring to CME and other specialties within medical writing. Yeah, that's excellent. Thank you for that. What advice would you give to academics or medical professionals who want to explore a career in medical writing? So, I, you know, I'm a pretty pragmatic person. I see the world as figure outable. In fact, I think there's a book with that word in the title, and I can't remember the book, but I'll make sure that it's in the, in the show notes. And so personally, I tend to take the perspective on life that if there's something that you're thinking of trying out, then try it out. Figure out a way to take a couple of small baby steps today that will move you a little closer to the thing that it is that you're trying to, you know, that you're exploring. There's a a quote from the writer E.L. Doctoroff, and it's along the lines of writing is like driving in at night in the fog. And maybe you're you're familiar with this. You can only see as far as your headlights, but you can make the whole trip that way. And I think you know, that's, a, that's advice for writing. I think that's also advice for life. Sometimes we just need to take some slow breaths to ground ourselves 
and a few baby steps in the direction that we want to be heading in. We don't need to see the view. We don't need to really have a clear sense of what the ultimate destination is. We just need to head off in the general direction. And we can probably make the whole trip that way. And so if you are somebody who is thinking of or has started that process of moving out of some other professional context, academia, clinical setting, then, you know, take some slow breaths and take a couple of baby steps today to to move in the direction you think you're moving in. And that direction might shift and that's okay. You know, we don't have a clear view necessarily of what the professional path is going to be. But if you give yourself a little bit of grace and time, you'll find yourself on a path that that is a good fit for you. I think there's a real emphasis on doing things quickly and doing things perfectly all at once. And I don't believe life is like that. I believe that every single step that we take is a learning step. There's always something that we can take with us and pull along behind us into that next step. And the other thing I would say, going back to threads, is do the work to figure out what your thread is. What is the thing that pulls you through life? What is the thing that you find yourself returning to explore your curiosity, to find your intellectual excitement zone. I'm not even sure if that's a thing. I just made that up. But the thing that really kind of gets you buzzing and and interested. And look at your skills, where you currently are in your skill set and your subject matter expertise. How can you use what you have right now to do a little bit of work? And then you take that with you into the next step. And that is how you grow your professional path and your business. It's one way. It's not the only way, but it's a pragmatic way. Yeah. I love that, that it's one way and it's not the only way and that everything is figure outable. Like you can figure it out (laughs) just by moving forward and it doesn't have to be fast necessarily. Yeah, I think that movement is key, you know, moving through the world, moving towards something, you know, physiologically that does a lot for us, doesn't it? Just in terms of, you know, getting the blood flowing and clarifying our sense of direction and focus and and all those things. So yeah, a little bit of movement. Yeah, excellent. So the last question I have for you today is how can medical writers get more proximity to you outside of listening to your your podcast? Oh, well, thanks for asking that. Connect with me on LinkedIn, just Alex Housen on LinkedIn. You can subscribe to my Write Medicine newsletter for tips and tools to sustain your writing journey in CME. You can join the Write CME Pro membership for sustained skills and scaffolding and support, or take a course from the growing menu of professional development offerings that I'm, I'm building out. Lots of ways to connect. I, I love to respond to people who message me or send me an email. So go ahead and do that. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Alex. It's been so great talking to you today about you putting you in the spotlight this time. And I'm sure that the listeners have learned a lot from you today as well. 
Well, thank you for suggesting this, Holly, and for doing such a great job. I really appreciated the opportunity to have this conversation with you. Great. My pleasure. If you're like me and see yourself as a lifelong learner who loves connection with other CME professionals, come and check out what Right Medicine offers in terms of community and courses. And I'd love to hear from you what you're interested in learning more about on the podcast. And if you like the podcast or a particular episode, consider writing a review on Apple Podcasts or share with your colleagues and peers. There's a link in the show notes to help you do all of these things. See you next time.